0: Hey, this is Michelle. A couple more thoughts out of Acts 3 and 4. Um, Okay, so just to remind us and set the stage, this is what happened. So Peter and John were going up to the temple to pray, and there was a cripple at the gate, and he was begging, and Peter says, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Um, I love that he says that, like, I don't have any silver or gold that you think you're begging for. I have something that's going to change your life. Like, oh, that's just a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God. I think often what we think we're looking for um, is not what we actually need. So, oh, side note, that was for free. Okay. Um, so, Peter, they healed us the guy, and then he preaches to all the people who are around. So again, Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit, just like he was right after Pentecost and starts preaching. And this day, it says that their number grew to 5,000. So uh, previously we were at 3,000. So maybe 2,000 people come to the Lord and understand who Jesus is because of this sermon that he gave, because he was full of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit's doing his thing. And Peter And John are being real surrendered to the movement of the Spirit. So then he gets in trouble. So the Sanhedrin uh, come and get him and they are gonna put him on trial and they're asking him questions and he he does the same. He speaks from his heart and and then they release they say hey don't talk about this anymore and they send them back and Peter and John go back to all of the believers and the people and tell them what had happened and they, um, this is their prayer. So this is John, sorry, Acts four twenty nine. It says, this is their prayer. Now, Lord, consider their threats, like the threats of the people around them, and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness stretch out your hand and heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they're in meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So they're just like so surrendered to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. They're like, God, we're seeing you move and we're seeing thousands of people come to understand who you are and know you. And they're realizing the power of the miraculous signs and wonders that Jesus is doing through them. And they're, they're saying, Speak your word with great boldness, God. So they are aware that they are doing it, but that the Holy Spirit is speaking through them. And then, I mean, what would this have been like? After they prayed, the place where their meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Like, God is on the move. Next line. So in my NIV Bible, there's like a break right here. And I just wonder what would happen if there was if we hadn't inserted a break there. So it says that they prayed, the place was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All of the believers were one in heart and mind. There's some a unity that's happening because of their surrender to the Holy Spirit. All the believers were one in heart and mind. Verse 32. No one claimed any of his possessions as their own, and they shared everything they had with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them. From from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. So they're just living in this like crazy community. They're just going like they're sharing everything. No one has need. They are loving each other really well. Um And what would it look like to live in the kingdom of God where if someone had a need that we knew that the need could be met from someone else in the body, that in the kingdom of God, God has this. And I have watched that happen in my life over and over. And I don't know if it's being in ministry and um, living thinly as we have to being in ministry. And just the way that God has provided in his crazy extravagance blows my mind. And it has happened a comically often amount of times. And sometimes the Lord just... I'm like, the way he provides and the way that he moves the people in the kingdom of God to provide for the needs of the servants of God is absolutely astounding. So I just want to say a small commercial of gratitude to people who, one, have provided for me really extraordinary, beautiful things, but also just people who are willing to follow the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit says, hey, give this away, or... um I just heard a story of a guy who his his truck was broken, and there was going to be a big uh, bill to get the transmission fixed. And he could, went out of town, dropped the car off at the car dealer, got home, and the bill had been paid. Um, the Lord sometimes from an anonymous person. Like sometimes God moves like that. And I have watched that happen so many times in my life. I am so humbled and so grateful by just the, the abundant and often anonymous generosity of the people in the kingdom of God. Um, what happens when we follow God in extravagant ways? And and I think what's maybe, not just the financial piece of that, I think that that's maybe a minor side note, but I love this piece. In verse thirty-two, it says all the believers were one in heart and mind. So they were working together to advance the kingdom of God, and that they were experiencing Him. They were they were surrendered to His movement, and the Holy Spirit was adding to their number daily. It says, and then sometimes there's these huge influxes of people who all of a sudden get it and understand it. Um, and this is Philippians one twenty-seven. And it says this, "...whatever happens, conduct yourself in the manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel." oh, I just pray about that all the time. I just go, like, God, in our kingdom, would we contend as one man for the faith of the gospel? Would you unify us in the body of Christ to be able to actually care for one another, but also just to move in unity together? Like, I think it's the difference between a um, a body that works well together. Like, I'm thinking of, like, right now the Olympics is going on, so, like, the way an Olympian's body works in unity, like, the way Simone Biles' body is, like, fluid and powerful and it like it just all communicates with each other and does what it's supposed to do. I think that is how the body of Christ is supposed to operate. And I feel like often we look more like a marionette puppet that's kind of disjointed and like walks really awkwardly because we are not contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. And the only way we can do that is by the power and the unity that comes through the Holy Spirit. And when we look at what happens in, with how God takes that unity of the kingdom in Acts, and then, like, what happens in the book of Acts when they live like that? Like, the glory, the power of the Lord, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders and beautiful things happen. The Holy Spirit draws people to Himself, and how is that a result of the unity and peace that was amongst the believers, that they were contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, that they were giving to each other and caring for each other? and Loving one another in extravagant ways, sacrificially. What happens in the body of Christ when that happens? Um, and I think, like in my life, I can say that there is exponential, deep fruit in my life from the, both the ways that I have given and the way that I have received out of that. Um, but I think it's not meant to be an individual thing. I think it's meant to be a kingdom and holistic church kind of thing. When we are living, This surrender to the Holy Spirit and giving each other out of um, generosity, out of our gifts, out of who we are made to be, that the Holy Spirit will move us in a way that looks a whole lot more like Simone Biles and a whole lot less like a marionette puppet, that we could actually live in beautiful, powerful, and awe-inspiring ways in the kingdom of God if we would surrender to the Holy Spirit and live in unity and contend as one man for the faith of the gospel. All right, let's pray about that. God, would you teach us how to do that? Would you teach us how to live that way? Would you help us to be so surrendered to your spirit that we would move as you ask us to move, to care for and be cared for by people in the kingdom? But more than that, that we would be so attuned in your spirit that we would find ourselves contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. That you would do, that you would shake the kingdom, God. And as we surrender and as we follow, that you, Holy Spirit, would erupt, that you would cause the fruit of the kingdom to multiply and manifest. And that it, as your word says, that as we lift you up, that you would draw all men to yourself. Help us to be so surrendered that we would lift you up in beautiful, powerful ways, that you would draw all men to yourself, that the kingdom of God would come. Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd rise up among us, that the Holy Spirit would come. In Jesus' name, amen.